0: Self-care, charity to yourself, is the best way to be prepared to care for others to show charity.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudoir So, Andrew, I didn't want to wait too long to have this follow-up conversation with you. Last week, we talked about two of the three points, culture and curriculum. The third one was care. And I want to be sure that we talk about this so that our families and teachers feel cared for by us. Because we really do care. I I want to talk about culture just for a second at IEW Mm -hmm. We talked about corporate culture last week, and one of the things you said is that that's something that we can control more than we can control necessarily the culture at large. Well, one of the things that I like to think that we're exceptionally good at is our customer service is very good. We want to be sure that we care for each and every teacher, for each and every parent that calls, Mm -hmm. and uh, honestly, it's a reflection of you because we know that you care so much about people and you want to make sure everybody's happy, that's...
0: Well, and to do that, we have, I would say, a fairly extensive training program. Yes, we do. Um, (laughs) You know, we don't just hire warm bodies and say, here, read from a script. No. It's it's like, (laughs) we really want deep level understanding. Yeah. We do have kind of a, a general policy, no question, no matter how tedious, goes unanswered. Right. Yep. And then if someone has a concern or a mm-hmm. frustration, I think your expression is give them the pickle right you know <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to be sure that someone is cared for and has the best possible chance of using what we can offer for their enrichment and success in teaching.
1: Yes, and what you just said right now reminds me just of a quick story, if I could just share with you and all of our listeners. Sharing is caring. Sharing is (laughs) caring (laughs) on that theme of caring. You know, our customer service team is not just transactional. You know, people call and say, help me decide what I should purchase. And, you know, through a series of questions, they'll give answers. And sometimes our customers think that they want something different than what what's being recommended to them. Right. And it's just it's because of what you just said, we want our customers to have the best opportunity for success and these Essentially, educational consultants are well-trained, and they know this is going to work in this situation. And this really hard class that's intended for a high school student who has been doing IEW for three or four years is probably not going to work for your middle school student. So please don't buy that. And, you know, if anything, that's where we get in trouble for is, well, I really wanted to buy this, and you won't let me buy it. Well, you know, there's nothing preventing you from buying it. Here's the link. But we also have this really cool thing called a 100% lifetime guarantee. Right. When people buy things from us and they're dissatisfied, they can return it, and that also is caring.
0: Yeah. Well, the word the word care in Latin, carus, is similar, although not necessarily cognate, not from the same root, to the word caritas, meaning charity. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not directly connectable linguistically, certainly there is you know a conceptual mm-hmm. relationship between because when you're caring for others you're showing charity when you're caring for yourself you're showing charity you're loving others and loving yourself in in that giving way and you know i think almost every person alive would agree that it's important to learn how to care For others and care for yourself Mm -hmm. and that charity is a de facto good thing in the world indeed so then you know the question is how to do that best Mm -hmm. and that's something that every family and every teacher and every supervisor and really everybody has to ask themselves Mm -hmm. in my sphere of influence where are the priorities Mm -hmm. in terms of caring? And, you know, I think we could address a little bit of this in the time we have. Okay. And while it's tempting to say, well, let's start with how do we care for other people? Mm -hmm. I would argue that it's very hard to be selfless, to be caring, to be giving, to kind of have a great flow of charity if you don't, have that inside. And Mm -hmm. if you aren't, you know, healthy emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, if you're not full, how can you give?
1: It reminds me of that, you know, you've flown Way more than me, but I've certainly heard every time we get on that flight. (laughs) Yeah. If the mask drops from the ceiling after you're done screaming, you know, put yours on first
0: and then help others. Yes. So it's kind of that idea, right? And then help the kid next to you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: And now they're saying be sure you remove your mask. You (laughs) remove
0: your mask before you put on (laughs) the oxygen mask. Well, you know, in a time of panic, sometimes you need very step by step guidance. It's true. In Oliver DeMille's work, he has the seven keys Mm -hmm. of great teaching, which I have embraced and talked about and shared. And I don't agree with everything he says, but Mm -hmm. then again, I don't agree with everything anybody says, really. But one of them is teaching is about you, not them. Mm -hmm. That really great teaching is about your condition, not the students. And we tend to be very reactive as parents as a society, we say, oh, no, Mm -hmm. we have kids. Mm -hmm. We better figure out how to teach them. And, of course, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. But I would juxtapose this against the vision that John Sr. cast in a book he wrote that was never published called The Idea of a School. So it's not available. But in the beginning, he he says, first and foremost, a school is a faculty of friends. Hmm. And through their engagement, you know, engaging with, you know, the good and great books Mm -hmm. and beauty and truth and all that, they attract students. So, by the principle of attraction. But when you think about it, you know, first and foremost, a family is parents. Mm -hmm. And sadly, sometimes that breaks Mm -hmm. apart and it's still a family, Mm -hmm. but there is that. Shared vision of parents, how do we want this family to grow? Mm -hmm. Some people start thinking about it before they have kids, Mm -hmm. which is probably a wise thing to do. (laughs) But certainly, by the time you've got a kid and it's starting to grow up, Mm -hmm. you got to figure some stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have known for a long time if I am, you know, walk into a room of students or if I engage my children or if I have a violent student walk into my studio, if I am in good condition, the teaching goes very well. Mm. If I am not in good condition, maybe due to a lack of sleep or poor uh, eating or bad time management or a lack of preparation, then the teaching just doesn't go so well. Mm -hmm. And one of the dangerously frustrating things about Kids, is they can quickly figure out
2: mm-hmm. are
0: you in good condition or not, mm-hmm. and if you're not, well, they can just stomp all over you, and and you end the class or you end the day, exhausted and somewhat melancholy, mm-hmm. thinking that was just not one of my better teaching days, mm. and we can't avoid those entirely, right? But I think we can minimize those days by adhering to that principle that self care charity to yourself mm-hmm. is the best way to be prepared to care for others, to show charity.
1: So, Andrew, today, June 2021, we occasionally get this question from our listeners or from those that see you on the homeschool convention. You've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and what sometimes are you up
0: followed up by... I hope it's intentional you because know, <laughs> sometimes people get sick right. and lose a lot of weight.
1: Yeah, but talk about talk about the care that you have been more intentional about.
0: Well, you know, it, it's really been a decade of change mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me, and, and I'm not sure how long ago it was, but probably pushing seven years, six, mm-hmm. seven years, mm-hmm. when several people had mentioned a particular book – and we've talked about it before on the podcast – which is Why We Sleep Mm -hmm. by Matthew Walker. and Walker. Good name. Good name, name, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, finally I thought, okay, all these people that I respect, basically, are telling me this book has value. Mm -hmm. I'll give it a shot. So I got the Audible and I started listening to it. And it's one of those things where if someone said, hey, you know what? You need to have enough sleep in order to function well and be productive and happy. You'd be like, yeah, of course, I know that. And then just go about your business of sleeping five or six hours a day because you're so busy mm-hmm. and exactly. you've got so many things you want to do exactly. or you're distracted or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it often takes a greater depth of understanding to make a change. And for me, that's what this book did is mm-hmm. it just was hours and hours of research and analysis by a very, very articulate expert in the field. hmm And it was just one of those kind of gradual shifts where I thought, you know, I have been spending a very long time shorting myself Mm -hmm. on sleep Mm -hmm. and I have paid the price. Mm -hmm. And I can't just make up for a decade of sleeping five, five and a half hours a night just by catching up on the weekend. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, your brain doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. And so I was convicted. I mean, it was it was a serious level mental, emotional, I would even say spiritual conviction mm. that I need to reorder my life properly. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've talked to a lot of men and you know, that decade, there's that decade where your your kids are needing a lot of time and attention. You're working really hard because you're kind of at your peak Uh, in your career or profession. Uh, You want to be active in your church or community. You want to meet the needs of all your wife. And you are stretched very thin. And in many cases, the solution to doing more is to sleep less. I have talked to a lot of men. And I've also talked to a lot of women who don't sleep enough, but their excuse is really a much better one, which is you know, I have a baby that wakes mm-hmm. up and it needs to be nursed and changed and mm-hmm. that and then just when I got that baby to sleep through the night, well, another one came along, mm-hmm. so you know women have that that decade mm-hmm. uh, or so you know plus or minus uh in the same way, but you know we can't necessarily solve all those problems, but we can elevate the priority of sleep yeah. mm-hmm. and You know, I finished that book and I thought, man, if I had read this book 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. I would be healthier. Mm. I would probably be happier. I would have been less likely to become melancholy or Mm -hmm. feeling hopeless about this thing or that thing. So many classes I've taught would have been better classes had I just reprioritized the time. And so I highly recommend the book. I don't again I don't agree with everything mm-hmm. in the book so if you listen or read this book and you say how could Mr. Boudouay agree with that I don't mm-hmm. but I'm I am saying it changed my life for the better mm-hmm. because I needed the depth of understanding to change my priorities right yep and and that's often the case you know if you if you understand something you can believe it mm-hmm. if you can believe it you can change your actions Mm -hmm. it's very hard to change yourself unless you believe Mm -hmm. in what you're trying to accomplish so that was that was the first thing
1: when we first met each other you know back in the day I think I was working for Biola University and we were there was a conference that we were both at and you I had to pick up something early in the morning and you were wearing a sweatshirt, and it looked like you had just gone out for a jog or something like that. And I, ma- I commented on that. I said, were you working out? And you laughed. Ha, <laughs> I never work out. I just think about that now, and now you're like, Julie, I don't know what we've got going on this afternoon, but i got to get to the gym. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Who are you?
0: Well, I mean, that was the third step. The second step, oh, the second step. kind of led into that. Okay. And, you know, I have lived, and I'm profoundly grateful, with a wife— Mm -hmm. For a very long time, who has been very attentive to the quality of food that we have in our home. Mm -hmm. And with some little dietary concerns with some of the children, Mm -hmm. we, over the years, kind of eliminated certain things that are just really not good for anyone, but Mm -hmm. specifically very not good for a couple of us. Mm -hmm. But I never had that, so it was kind of like, okay, when I'm home, I'll eat this really healthy diet, but when I'm on my own, I'll just eat whatever I want if it's a pint of haagen or, <laughs> you know, hamburger and fries at the hotel restaurant, you know, because it's cheaper than buying, you know, more expensive, better food. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I read this book that also had a profound effect on me called Eat to Beat Disease. Mm. Lee, William Lee, L-I, I believe is the author. And I wasn't fighting a disease per se, Mm -hmm. but I've always had the idea that I would like to not get a serious disease. Right, right. And so this book kind of had appeal and I just started listening to it. And again, it wasn't like there was anything earth-shakingly new Mm -hmm. in this book, Mm -hmm. but it was the complete understanding of foods and nutrients, and how it affects the body, from by an MD, by a researcher, mm-hmm. who, and and I respect research. Mm-hmm. I, I I very much respect well done scientific research mm-hmm. that is presented clearly and has helpful or clarifying analysis with it. And so both of these books fell mm-hmm. in that category. And. Mm-hmm. And that reading that book kind of corresponded with my children leaving home, my mm-hmm. youngest children growing up and moving out. And then it's it's really different, isn't it, when you mm-hmm. have no more kids to cook for? Mm-hmm. My wife became very much less interested in cooking. Oh, right. And then I became much more interested in controlling my own diet. And so from the beginning until the present, you know, I moved from that phase of, Yeah, I like to eat healthy and I usually do, but to – I really at this point don't eat anything unless I can define the positive effect it will have. Mm -hmm. So I don't just eat something because it's not bad. Mm -hmm. I won't eat something that is just not bad. I would rather eat nothing Mm -hmm. than to eat something that is just not bad. Mm -hmm. I only want to eat things that are actually – Very specifically good. And inside that is, you know, my age, Mm -hmm. my metabolism, my blood type, my body type, my exercise level, my, you know, calorie usage. I wasn't very interested in calories though, I'll Mm -hmm. tell you. So Mm -hmm. I was eating really, really good food, but I was eating a lot of it. And my attitude about exercise, as you said, is hey, I'm so busy. I run around working hard all the time anyway. And besides, I take a walk with my wife every now and then, so that's plenty of exercise. <laughs> well, you know, that's a way to think. And uh, and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. and I wasn't running around quite so crazy, and I had extra time. And
1: Well, you know, some people talked about—you've heard of the freshman 15, where freshmen, when they go off to college, they gain 15 pounds.
0: Uh Just because they're not. And there's the married 15 where you gain 15 pounds every decade. (laughs) If you're lucky, only 15 pounds every decade.
1: Well, they were talking about the COVID-19, right? Uh, (laughs) Adding on.
0: Yeah, well, for me, it turned out kind of differently. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, you know, hitting about 60 years old, I don't have the same physical stamina that Mm -hmm. I had 20 years ago grandchildren get bigger and I'm picking them up thinking, wow, this kid is heavy. (laughs) Uh, Heavier than my children ever used to be at that age, you know. And and, and kind of just you think, okay, how important is this? And I think for me to be just blatantly honest, Mm -hmm. I am a resistant person to change. (laughs) I I don't like change.
1: He speaks truth. (laughs) And
0: sometimes – God himself has to trick me into mm-hmm. things. I mean, I l- was very tricked into moving to Oklahoma. Like, <laughs> right? Why would you ever move to Oklahoma? That, that was my idea, you know, 13 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. Oklahoma?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of all the horrible places on earth. <laughs> and so, you know, I visited here accidentally in the middle of the summer when it wasn't too hot and accidentally in the middle of the winter when it wasn't too cold. And I thought this is a pretty nice place. It's not so bad. And then I moved here and bam, you know, brutally hot summer, 98 degrees, 24 seven for three weeks. So it, you know, it was just a trick. You know, I kind of had to get tricked into this exercise thing. Okay. So it was my son. Mm -hmm. He was kind of trying to figure out what to do and he didn't want to go back to college yet. And he didn't really have a job he liked. And I said, look, you're good at, Two things. You're a fantastic teacher. Mm -hmm. You really are a good teacher. You're encouraging, Mm -hmm. you're patient. And I understand you don't want to teach an academic thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like writing because he (laughs) tried his hand at that and didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And you're also super buff and you've been spending several years doing this, you know, bodybuilding fitness Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and you know all about it. So just put those together, become a personal trainer. And then you can work for a while in that field and it will be better for you. And he was kind of hem-haw. I have to study and take a test, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, look, if you'll just do it, if you'll do it, I will be your first client. Mm -hmm. I will go to the gym twice a week for three months. That was about all I was ever going to commit to. Mm-hmm. And he said, you'd never do that because mm-hmm. all I have to do is badmouth gyms and mm-hmm. they're horrible places with obnoxious people and bad music and they stink. And why would you go? And it's boring as heck. And so my attitude was, you know, if you want to taste hell on earth, there's like <laughs> a <laughs> battlefield in Afghanistan or a mm-hmm. gym. They're about equal in mm-hmm. my view. Anyway. So he did it, and then I had to do this thing. This was like a year ago, January. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, it was so horrible. Oh, the first few times I was sore. Mm -hmm. It was just so painful and awful and miserable. But I kept my end of the bargain, Mm -hmm. and I went twice a week for three months. I missed a few because I was traveling during the beginning of the year, like January, February. I had a couple of short trips. So I made it up. But then the COVID hit and there was nowhere to go and nothing to do and I just thought, you know, there, there is some advantage here. I am sore all the time mm-hmm. and I still don't like going but I feel a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel a little stronger. I feel a little lighter. I feel a little more energy. So I just kept going and then he got – what happened? I don't know. He got busy and so I, I went for the first time all by myself. I don't even know if I know what to do. But then I thought, (laughs) no, I do because I've done this a dozen times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I can use this machine or those weights or do this or that. Mm -hmm. Then the gym shut down for a while, Mm -hmm. six weeks. We were Mm -hmm. very fortunate here in Oklahoma. It wasn't a long, long shutdown. Mm -hmm. And they reopened and I was paying the membership. Mm -hmm. And this gym, it's like it tricks you. They have one fee you have to pay every month, which is kind of expensive. But if you go at least 12 times a month – then your cost goes down.
1: Hmm. Smart.
0: I guess it's smart because – and so I'm like, okay, if I go to the gym three times a week, I have to pay less. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could do that just to pay less. you know, mm-hmm. just the excuse. And then I don't know when it was. It was probably...
1: Well, and let me just say why that's smart. Just I'm marketing, right? Right, that yeah. smart because now you are more invested. And if you're more invested, you're going to continue, which, of course, is exactly what happened to you, and you know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and I hit this time. I don't remember. It was late in the year, mm-hmm. maybe October, November. I was sitting in my office here. It was late afternoon, and I had this thought. The thing I most want to do right now mm-hmm. is go to the gym. <laughs> and then I heard myself think that, and I thought, that's not even me. I right. mean, that's a transformation yes. of, of self. Mm-hmm. So I combined that, and I also got into the intermittent fasting because mm-hmm. I was convinced of the long term mm-hmm. neurological benefits and health benefits. And mm-hmm. so I stopped, I started this plan of trying to eat all my food within six hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I'm cooking for myself everything. And gradually, I'm just getting thinner mm-hmm. and stronger. Mm-hmm. And I can see the results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And overall, since my, my peak, and I don't know quite when that was to now, I actually lost 60 pounds. Yep. yep. Which I would never have thought of myself as fat. I all, never you
1: know? thought of you as fat ever. And so when you started losing weight, it was almost like I didn't really notice until like one day. And it was probably close to that day that you said, I want to go to the gym. Are you done with me? Because I need to go to the gym. I'm like, (laughs) who are you? And then – but so we'll have to – just in case our listeners don't know what you look like today, we'll post a before and after picture in our show notes because that's yeah. actually on the front page of our website yeah, right I, now. I kind so. of innocuously, you know, unintentionally. I but, should you say. You know,
0: I look at pictures of myself. I think, wow, I really had a puffy face <laughs> there for, for years. <laughs> right. But you know, for me, you know, I'm in the last segment of life. Mm-hmm. You know, fourth, third, however you want to count it, fifth. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Eighth. Who's to say? But. I do know that I want to be able to serve mm-hmm. my family, mm-hmm. my coworkers, you know, the education and homeschool community. Mm-hmm. I I do want to be able to serve as best as I can for as long as I can. Right, and that's the desire of my heart. Mm-hmm. And so, if that means these health things—sleeping, mm-hmm. fasting, eating, exercising. Properly, mm-hmm. as best as I can figure out, mm-hmm. so that I can do the most good right. for those I love, then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. What, whatever the added cost or discomfort there is, it's worth it because the goal—the that's the greater goal. Yep. And so you know, when we look at charity, when we look at care, and we see the intersection between those, mm-hmm. there's really just living the life that benefits you and others. And I want to read a little excerpt, if you don't mind. Oh,
1: yeah, that'd be great.
0: It's from one of the great books. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, whether you are a Christian or not, per se, whether Mm -hmm. you're a religious person or not, per se, there's a truth embedded in this dialogue that applies to all of us. Um, And it's from Brothers Karamazov. Mm Mm-hmm which some of our listeners have thought they should read and <laughs> some actually have read, but the famous character of Father Zozima mm. in The Brothers Karamazov, he's talking to this woman who's struggling with her faith, mm. right? And um, she says to him, how can I retrieve my faith? According to what proofs? So she's struggling with her faith. What she's looking for is, I need more apologetics here, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I need to be reinforced as to why I should continue to believe what I have been believing or want to believe, Mm -hmm, but I can't, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, And so, you know, doubts assail. And Father Zosima gives this very interesting answer here. He says, one cannot prove anything, but it is possible to be convinced, and I think so often we're looking for the science of something. We're looking for the facts. Give me the, give me the apologetic. Give me the proof text. Give me the, the thing that removes doubt, mm-hmm. right? And he's saying you can't prove it, but you can be convinced. Mm-hmm. Well, her question, of course, is how, mm-hmm. by what? Mm-hmm. And and this is what he says. And this this is just kind of really amazingly transcendental for me. He says. By the experience of active love. Try to love your neighbors actively and tirelessly. The more you succeed in loving, the more you'll be convinced of God and the immortality of your soul. And if you reach complete selflessness in the love of your neighbor, then undoubtedly you will believe. And no doubt will even be able to enter your soul. This has been tested. It is certain. And you know, I think we all, whatever our belief system is, we find those moments where we wish we had more certainty, more knowing, mm-hmm. more absoluteness about the tenuous and almost painful uncertainty of certainty of being a human mm-hmm. on earth, mm-hmm. especially now mm-hmm. but this is the answer I believe this this trying to love others actively and tirelessly. And if you reach complete selflessness, then you will have faith. So, uh, you know, that kind of, I think, brings that all together. If what we want is our own benefit, you know, we see how that intersects, overlaps, or or is even just part of the same organically part of the same activity Mm -hmm. of caring for others, caring Mm -hmm. for self.
1: So this, this whole conversation about care, and I think in some ways you and I have spurred each other on to good works because I too have lost about 60 pounds in the last couple years um, using a variety of means and methods. And it's it's kind of fun how that has in some ways have informed our culture here because more people are being more intentional about drinking more water and and not eating the high fructose corn syrup creamers in their coffee and (laughs) 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 but uh but i think um this idea of the story that you shared reminds me of a story that we used in structure and style for students year two level b about the king who was searching for what's the right time what's the right person and what's the right activity to do Mm. and and do you remember the story
0: It's coming back to me. Go ahead.
1: Yes. And so the king asks his wise men, and they give him some answers that he's not satisfied with. And he then goes on a journey to find this hermit and disguises himself, but the hermit sees right through him and basically doesn't answer him. But the king sees that this hermit, this frail hermit, is digging with a shovel. And he says to the hermit, can I help you with that? And he says, absolutely. And he, I don't think he says absolutely, but he basically resigns the shovel to him. And the king's digging away and digging away and digging away and digging away until finally this man comes from the woods and he's bloody. And the hermit and the king serve this man and bandage him up and put him in his the hermit's cottage Hutt, right hut yeah. right yes exactly it was a hut and then afterwards um the next morning the man wakes up and says forgive me O king well why would you for why would i need to forgive you says the king i'm butchering the story you'll yeah, have to see it okay. yeah. right yeah. so the the king says why would you need me to forgive you and the, the wounded man says i am your enemy and i was going to kill you But I couldn't find you. You were, you know, and then you were here. You saved my life. One of one of his, he, you know, got into an encounter that damaged that hurt him. the The soldier Mm -hmm. that was going to kill him, and so the king, not only forgave him, but realized that he had done this man some disservice and restored his property to him that he had taken from him. And everybody goes away happy. The king says the hermit, but you've never answered my question. And the hermit says, but you now know the answer. The best thing to do is the thing that's in front of you. The right time to do it is now. And the best person to serve is the the person you're with. Mm. So it was like, you know, kind of like that story is like, we just need to do that next good the thing. The next best thing. Yeah. The next best thing. And I think that's us caring for ourselves and caring for others. Yeah. As long as we, we, still we should live. put the
0: <laughs> We should put the text of that story in the show okay, notes. Okay. We'll in do case that. people want to read the original. Yeah.
1: And yeah. you'll see how I really butchered it. That was just from memory. But yeah, we'll do that. That's really good. So, well, thank you, Andrew. Thank this you. This two part series on culture, curriculum, and care, I hope, will be something that will be meaningful to our families and teachers. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.